Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, here with Robin Pauls, expert on 1962 post football, one of my favorite sets back in the day. Not so much now, there's so much stuff out there, but that certainly was a very cool set from my childhood. So we're going to talk about that with him. But first, thanks, sponsors. Tops Panini and Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Arkansas Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, CompC.com, where you can find some of these, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. Beckett can authenticate them, put them on the marketplace, and, and they're in the price guide. So uh, thanks all the sponsors, and thanks especially, Robin. Welcome to the show, and uh, tell us a little bit about your collecting journey and how you've gotten so uh, hyper-focused on 62 Post Serial, which is really worthy of a lot of attention because it's a very complicated set that you've demystified in your website and your other writing. So welcome, Robin. Okay. Thank you, Jim. Thanks for having me on. I got started like everybody else did as a kid. Collected the cards when I was six years old. Used to lay them out in the hallway, line them up. Used to love to look at them, love the colors. It was the only set you could look at where you could see the whole uniform at the time. And the action shots were just fantastic. Found out later that a guy named Jim Lawhead from Dallas did the, right. did the photo, photography. He was and the those SMU, are just, SMU photographer, too. Yeah, he was. He did tons of college stuff, a lot of pro stuff. He probably shot hundreds of millions of photographs over the years. Anyway, but no, I wanted to be a guy named Ron Kramer when I was six years old. I thought he was the greatest. So I made his card, and it got me started. And as you get older, of course, you quit doing your thing with the cards and uh, high school and you quit. And then I got back into it in the early 2000s when a wholesaler asked me to sell some of his cards that he was getting out of the business. So I started doing eBay, sold the cards, got interested in buying on eBay, not just selling. The first card I wanted was a Paul Horning card. The first card I won, the post-serial Paul Horning card. Because when I was a kid, I'd taken my Paul Horning and my Bart Starr and glued them to a plaque because I thought that'd be such a cool thing to do. (laughs) So I thought, I'll replace the Horning, and I did. And then I thought, I'll replace the Star, and I started looking at Star cards. And I noticed that the one that I was seeing on eBay, the colors were different than the ones I had. The pants were yellow instead of orange. It's like, why is that? That led to my interest in the different boxes that the cereals came on, they were printed on more than one box in almost every occasion. Star with yellow pants comes on a Grape Nuts Flex 16-ounce box, and the one with the more orange-colored pants was on an Alphabet's 8-ounce box, but I didn't know at the time was also on a Krispy Critters 8-ounce box. Those were double prints, the Alphabet's 8-ounce and the Krispy Critters 8-ounce. So that got me going in master set collecting and if you want to go to postserialfootball.com, I have a big section on master set collecting and do every card individually and identify how you can tell them apart which one came from which brand. And so the set is 200 cards, but there are 528 individual cards if you want to do a total master. To me, the most fun was trying to figure out which cards came from which boxes. My collecting journey a little bit different in the sense that I considered my set completed 200, but a lot of your work uh, kind of postdates some of the, the work that I did in uh, putting together price guides for the basic set. Your work is extremely helpful. A 16-ounce box of grape nuts, who would even buy that? (laughs) Who would even buy that? That would be a lifetime supply for most households. Kids saying, hey, mom, go get another box. (laughs) You're you're correct there. And part of the deal with that is the 11-ounce box of grape nuts contains the two most rare cards in the set, 
the, the two bakers, Sam and Dave Baker. 11 ounces of grape nuts is, is also uh, a year's worth. Uh, some of that has been revealed over the years. And uh, I'm struck by, it sounds like when you got into it, you accumulated the knowledge, got resources from actual cereal boxes and, yeah. and the panels to do that. Back when I was doing it, which is almost 50 years now, 45, it was hard to piece it together. But you had little snippets of information in the price guide. I'm not a perfectionist, but I have high standards. I wanted to use the best data available, but sometimes you don't know why Angelo Coya is tougher, but you just know that he is. Or Frank right. Uso, you've gone deep enough to see, hey, here's the reason why this one is tougher than that one. But there actually were a lot of collectors of 62 post football back in the 70s when I started tracking these things. But a few people knew that there were some tougher cards because they'd been on tougher boxes or serial types that were not as popular. But it was guesswork to say Dave Baker's tougher than Sam Baker. But we were tracking the sales prices. And the beauty that I had and that you have had as well is that we're iterating, hopefully, better and better price guides and better information as you get new information. Would you say on your website that you have the final story or are you still learning things? Because you have it down pretty good. Is there ever new information that comes into you that causes you to reflect or change or evolve something? Oh, yeah. When I started the website, I debated doing a book. And the more I thought about it, I thought, no, this does change all the time. There's new stuff showing up all the time that that you didn't either know was out there or you knew was out there and you'd never seen. For instance, a couple of years ago, a six box treat pack showed up. And we always knew there was a treat pack because it was listed on post product list, but nobody ever seen one. And out of the blue on one day on eBay that shows up, it showed up as sold because somebody knew what it was yeah. and they picked it up right away and it ended up later in an auction and it resold again. But that was one instance. Recently, I know another collector who has seen a 15 ounce Oat Flakes box. And before we'd only seen two panels from a 15 ounce Oat Flakes box and they were the same panel. And this third one, the box also is the same panel. So Oat Flakes 15 ounce boxes, I believe never made it to the stores. I think they just did the road of graveyard plates, printed some up, and then for whatever reason, they didn't fill them and they didn't sell them in stores. So there are a few of them around because that's what they did, tested it, did the road of graveyard, had, it, had the boxes printed, but they didn't ever sell them in stores. And he found a box and it too, I don't think was ever filled. So I think it was a test, but there's always new stuff showing up. I could have told him that test would fail. Uh, 1962 <laughs> Oat Flakes, it, it, at best, it's ahead of its time. Yeah. And at worst, I don't even get that. And at 15 ounces, you're putting this together and you have the benefit of a visual, digital, pass along photography. We didn't really have that as much back in the day. I'm not sure how you guys ever put this stuff together. Because it was a one piece at a time. The first price guide, if you go back and look the very first time we priced 62 post uh, Sierra football, you can see there was a, a structure there. This is one of the few sets that was difficult. I was the one doing it in those days. I got a lot of good help, but it wasn't superstar. The best cards are not the best players. There is no structure that you could trade this guy for that guy. It's based on the cereal boxes. That took a lot of work, but there were some Collectors out there, and a lot of times, uh, Robin, the, the same guys that did the 61-2-3 post and the 62-63 and 63 Jello baseballs were cereal box or Jello box people, the same contributors that helped me on the baseball. Football's 
an extremely challenging set. Would you say it's more challenging than any of the baseballs? I, I think it's the only set I never completed is 62 Jello. That's I think that's one of all. So I never finished that one, but I finished the others. I've sold those sets, but the 62 post serial, I had a lot of interest in the tougher cards, probably more so than the baseball. I think the 62 post football and 63 baseball are close on a, a difficulty scale. Football might be a little tougher. 63 Jello, it's got some tough short prints in it. Those are pretty tough, but the 62 Jello just dwarfs the rest of them for difficulty. And that was a test, supposedly at regional. Yeah. But 62 post serial football, your favorite set and a, and a favorite set of mine. Why do you think it's a one-year wonder? Because I, I have a theory, but I want to hear your theory. I've been told that in 63, they changed leadership over the promotion and that the new uh, director, CEO, whatever you want to call him at the time, decided that he didn't want to do cards on cereal anymore. And so he cut the 63 baseball promotion off early and focused on Jello later on in the summer, like from July to September. And I think he he just killed the whole thing after that. That's why they never did football in 63. And they did the CFL football in 63. But they didn't do American football. Well, there might have been an agreement already in place, you know, for some right. of these things. And you're talking about the leadership of the Players Association or the league no. uh, or the General Foods people? General Foods people. One of my theories is that increasingly there would have been pushback at the store level for the disruption of kids telling their moms which boxes to get. Because I think that happened when I was a kid. I wanted my mom to look through the boxes and get the the players that I want. That's an impossible request for most moms or whoever's doing the shopping. Because I think when you're a grocery store, you don't want a lot of friction. You just want people to come along and pull off the box and put it in your cart. But this would have been tricky. Mom is standing in the cereal aisle trying to figure out which one to get to please their son, Jim (laughs) or Robin. And like we said, it's not necessarily superstar oriented. In fact, some of the superstars are way easier than the tougher cards. True. Now, I hadn't thought of grocery store pushback, but that is a possibility. Um, Also, the regional orientation of the sport back in those days, it wasn't as much of a national sport. If you're in Green Bay, Wisconsin, or the Chicago area, or the Pittsburgh area, or any of the areas where they have a team, the numbering is team order but they don't have send-away sheets like they had in 61 baseball. If you want to get your all the Dallas Cowboys, you're, you're going to be really snooping, and you're turning the boxes over. That's kind of my point. It's not customer-facing. It's on the back. Yeah, that's true. I think Post encouraged in some of their advertising that there were different ways to arrange them. I don't know if they ever arranged them with the cards facing in the stores. I don't, I don't, so. remember, I don't remember that as a kid. They were always backwards, so you're right. They probably were being, what's a good word here, rearranged in a way that the stores didn't like. Probably not, except the kids would like it. Do you have any insight about how many cards were produced? Any total number of cards on all the boxes? Millions of boxes or millions of cards. Yeah, I think there were were 500 million cards that were supposed to be produced. That's what their brochures say. It would lead to about 93 million boxes, give or take, based on the number of cards on the backs. So... Yeah, that's a lot of boxes. That's a lot of boxes, but I used to try to figure what's left. If there were 500 million, there aren't 500 million now. Are there a few million? Still out there? Individual cards. There's oh, into individual cards. I would guess there are less than a million total cards out there. They still keep showing up every day. New ones that you haven't seen before. 
but there's a small number. Uh, Rich and I were doing an episode and we were talking about Pacific, which was also a lower produced kind of thing compared to Tops. But Tops was way more than that and, and Fleer back in the day. So kids had a chance to get their football fix in 62, although 62 Fleer not is, is plentiful. But I don't know that post cut into 62 Fleer. That was AFL, maybe not. Yeah, I remember getting some 62 Fleers. And the gum was a lot better than the Tops gum. And I remember it was fun to see the AFL guys because you didn't get to see them very often. They had an exciting brand of football. I, I'm really glad the leagues merged. But what about miscuts? When you're collecting, do you need uh, the lines, borders, or do you, do you just want something to be not badly miscut? Or do you keep Most, the panels intact, maybe? You're probably a panel collector. Yeah, I am. And I I do keep the panels intact. And I won't cut those. Now, some guys, when you get them graded, they'll cut them up. I enjoy the panels because they are as close as you can get if you can't get a box to the original thing. And I think there's going to be a, a certain amount of scarcity there as time goes on, simply because so many of them are still being cut up. But they, they tell you the history of collecting, which boxes they came on. They give you a lot of clues about scarcity. That's the backbone of figuring the whole master set collecting thing out is the panel. That's the key. Yeah, there's two levels of master set collecting. Just the set is a challenge in the sense that the short prints are so short and so much more expensive than the average card that just even getting a 200-card set is a huge challenge. Going all the way into the 500s with the color variations and things like that. I did not actually do that. This week, I should get back from the grading card company the rest of my master set, and so I'll have them all graded. Wow. And I, th- I think that's the only one in captivity, but I'm not sure. I would be shocked. Are, yeah. are you with uh, BGS or PSA or whatever? Because if you're PSA, PSA you're going to be number one all time, lifetime, forever uh, in the registry for six well, years with no competition in your lifetime, I think. It's not the nicest set, but it's the only one with it's all the MasterCard. Yeah, I'm telling you. The man-